It's Sex and Sarah Rose. I'm Sarah Rose, and really quick before we get into this episode, I know you may have found my podcast because you were looking for some interesting information about sex to listen to, but what you may not know is that I actually work with a lot of men to help them tap into their inner badass, have the sexual confidence that they've always desired to have, and to know once and for all that she isn't faking it. I have two distinct programs to help men. The first is for men who are ready to take the first step towards igniting their powerful sexual energy and getting better in bed. It's called Sex Stallion Training and it's an online program for you to do on your own time in the privacy of your home without a partner. This is for men that are single, in a relationship, or dating people. The second is called Man on Fire, which is the only sex university just for men. This six month program is designed to help you become the ultimate sexual master. For six whole months, you train with me in live online sessions, and I will train you to be the best lover that she has ever had. So if you want the sex secrets that every woman wish you knew, and you wish that every woman had told you, this is where they are finally revealed. Check out more info at tantricactivation.com or just check out the show notes in the podcast app you're listening to this from now, and there will be links there for you. Thanks and enjoy the show. It's Sex and Sarah Rose, and today we are talking about real love versus fake love. And with me today is Erin Hickok. Erin, I'm so happy to be here with you. How are you doing? Mm, I am feeling wonderful today. It's hot outside. Like I'm really feeling the summer vibes uh, and I am feeling sexy and playful and so thrilled to be with you today. Awesome. So, um, I mean, not to put a damper on this, but here we are. I'm in Arizona. You're in Texas. And COVID is spiking again in these two states. And it's like something about it, you know, this time around for me, it's like, all right, here we go again. You know, it's kind of like it ain't my first rodeo. (laughs) (laughs) I think like the first time this happened, everyone was just in complete shock and, you know, nobody knew what to do. And now we're just kind of like, um, yep, this is a new reality, you know? And it's, uh, it's definitely feels, frustrating um but like not as um not as intense as the first time around how are you feeling with that you know I'm I'm with you I think that's why I feel great because even though I like right now like I'm stretching myself a lot in a lot of ways like building my business and like my creative pursuits And I think that um, I'm feeling good because even though this is happening in our world, like I know that, I know that we can, I know that we can handle it. Like I, like, it's kind of like we, we did, we did this, like you said, it's like not my first rodeo. Um, So it's like, all right, just like batten down the hatches and, um, you know, use this time to focus on, on, I mean, for me, it's like building my business, helping the world taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. What I, I really love seeing, um, during the first shutdown, how many guys joined the man on fire program during that time, like it, the program, I don't know the exact numbers, but at least doubled, um, during, during the, uh, the the last three months. Um, Mm -hmm. and it just really shows like how much connection people want you know it's just like we're dying for connection and in these times where you know physical connection is being limited um finding other ways to to be with people and you know to have tribe is really important yeah i mean i think that's that's like a really really big takeaway and for me it's like well that's my like literally that is my job (laughs) so um, I do definitely feel a renewed sense of purpose in my own work, but it is kind of, it is a rough way to learn 
to learn uh, how important it is to us, you know, to have something taken away and have it be like a rough lesson. Um, but I, my hope is that people, the people are learning, um, that people are, well, they are, I mean, they are, the evidence shows that you said, you know, your inve investments of people in themselves and their, their relationships like that is up. So I wonder, I wonder, I'm curious if that is, if that will continue now with this additional like spiking, um, if there'll be even like a, like a, kind of like another wave of people who are just even more like ready to let go of past patterns and bring in more of the things that really, that they need. Yeah. You know, to, it, what it does is it also gives us time to pause and to reflect on our life, you know, because most people are in the grind, you know, just the hustle of day in, day out. And you can just kind of go through the motions and not really have to think much about it. Um, you know, just kind of be like in the, the routine of it all. And when something hugely disruptive happens that causes you to pause and take stock of your life, you can, you know, in those moments, be like, okay, wow, you know, I'm actually not getting out of life what I really, really desire to. And what should I be doing to make changes right now? Um, and I think that is one of the, the outcomes of um, COVID and quarantine that we can see as a silver lining um, is that ability to, to take some pause in our life and look at things from a different perspective. You're so right on Sarah Rose. That is, yeah, that's like where I'd like to place my focus as much as possible is like, what can we, what can we get from this? Or what can I personally um, get from this or grow? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the, in the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like relationships are that third tier and you've got to keep your focus there because if you, don't, then that part of your life will like really become destroyed. It's going to have a lot of really negative consequences if you don't continually um, grow, nourish, strengthen the relationships in your life. And so whenever, um, clearly if at, at level one, your physical safety is immediately a threat, you can't think about anything else other than survival in that moment. But that's like, you know, gun to your head type survival, which, you know, clearly that's going on also. And some people are literally in that state. Um, but the majority of people are not. Uh, and then level two is, okay, well, I don't have a gun to my head. There's not actually like a tiger looming over me, but I am really concerned about where I'm going to sleep tonight. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have dinner tonight, those things, you know, so it's not, it's not even the worry of, I might lose my job. I might lose my house. Um, I might not have food next week. It's like, you know, what am I going to do tonight? And that type of, that type of worry is in level two. And so many people during the, this crisis have let themselves drop into that level two space, even if they're not actually there. So instead mm -hmm. of it, you know, being that immediate, um, I don't know what I'm going to eat for dinner tonight. They're, they're worried. Okay. Because of this health and economic crisis, because of the riots, will, will my health be jeopardized in the future? Will my, um, will my job be jeopardized in the future? Or, um, uh, you know, I've lost my job. Um, and I don't know, I still have money in the bank. I have unemployment coming in, but I don't know how long that's going to last, you know? And so while they're not maybe necessarily immediate concerns, people are really feeling them as immediate concerns. Yeah. And when they're, when they're doing that, they're not able to be in the level three focused on relationships. And so 
it's important to, to really look at that during this time that we're in, because what you don't do in your relationships right now is going to impact them in the future. So you can really be damaging your relationships if you're not focused on them continuing to thrive, even during this time of stress. Yeah, I think that's, I love how you, I love how you're bringing it to the basic needs. <laughs> the hierarchy of needs is, it's really, it's so important. Um, yeah, I love what you're saying about us making sure that we're investing our time uh, into moving ourselves forward, um, even in these times of struggle. And I also, what I heard you saying, and maybe correct me if that's, if it's not, but what I think I heard you say is that there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who are um, having like fight or flight kind of survival things happening like in their body. Uh, but maybe there's a, there's at least a segment of the population that it, that doesn't have to be happening. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you're in fight, flight or freeze, that's a, like you said, a state of survival. It's not a state of procreation. So when, you know, you're constantly in that fight or flight state, which often happens, you know, if you have like um, notifications pop up on your phone from, you know, whatever news uh, station or paper that you're subscribed to that's constantly every hour breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, you know what I mean? And you've got like these no- notifications coming through that are causing you to go into that fight, flight, or free state because, you know, it's just constant negativity. There is so much going on in the world. Um, while it may not be something that's right there in front of you um, happening in your life, it, it makes your brain think that it is. And so that's going to shut you down sexually um, because your brain is like, you know, I I got to, I've got to survive right now. I don't have time to worry about procreation. Um, so it definitely uh, impacts, like you said. Yeah. Literally when you said, like you talked about like all the alerts, like showing up on the phone, <laughs> like my whole body got really tight and they felt like so heavy and it was just like, no, I do not. Um, yeah. I can like literally feel it in my body like how much, yeah, how, like how much that, that could impact, that impacts us and how it does shift. Uh, it shifts our focus to like, you know, you know, basic survival. Um, and I just realized actually, while you were saying that, I was like, oh, like my, I actually noticed that my, my sex drive was down in this past week mm-hmm. and I've had more stress in my life. And that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, oh, I know what I was gonna say the, uh, the the one notification that I love is actually my favorite notification that I get right now. Um, it's from uh, the, I have the New York Times cooking app, and so they'll send me an email every day with new recipes, and that's what's making me happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I know. So, I mean, I used to cook a lot and then I got so busy with running my business and coaching and um, doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and like something had to give, you know, and cooking was what um, I decided wasn't going to be happening anymore. And I was literally at a point where I was eating out three meals a day. And so, um, you know, with quarantine that wasn't, uh, available anymore. And so I was actually really excited to be able to start cooking again. And I just picked it right back up. And so I've got this app and every time I get a notification, it's like, I'll pretty much just drop whatever I'm doing and read it. Cause I'm so, so excited. And I just save different ones that I like to my recipe box. And then, um, I go to the grocery store once a week and I get all the ingredients that I need for that week for, to make, like, I usually do six different meals 
a week. And so for dinner each night, I'll make something different. Um, and it's been so fun and I don't do the same thing twice. Like, unless it's really, really, really super good, then Mm -hmm. I save it, you know, and maybe I'll do it again in the future, but I'm literally making like six new meals a week and I'm having so much fun with it. And it's like the way I get to express my creativity right now (laughs) because, um, yeah, I mean, I get to be creative in, in business, but, um, you know, fucking has definitely been down (laughs) due to quarantine. (laughs) This is how I'm compensating. (laughs) I do love how you are nurturing creativity. And I also love how it nourishes like you, like you, your physical body and your basic needs. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it makes me happy. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So they say that I don't even know where I heard this, but I've definitely heard this before that like, you know, if you're not, if a woman isn't shoving cock down her throat, she's going to be shoving food down her throat. I have not heard that one. Uh, yeah, I, I'm shoving food down my throat right now. <laughs> uh, come out, come out the other side of being able to uh, make somebody really happy with all my cooking skills. <laughs> right, that's like a life skill for the rest of your life for partners, families, well, friends. Uh, yeah, one of my best friends, um, he's in Australia right now because that's where he's from originally. And he lives in LA typically, but he can't get back to LA because all the flights are shut down, I think, till August or September. So we always messaged. And um, it was like 1130 at night and we're messaging and I'm like in the kitchen making a gratin. And he's like, oh, my God, you must be so horny. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I am. I'm like eating gratin at midnight. (laughs) (laughs) It was fucking good, though. It was really good. I bet. Oh God. So what's going on for you in those realms? Anyone fun? Mm, I have been really in a passionate love affair with my work. uh, As I was talking about, I do feel really sexy um, and turned on, but it does, it is definitely more focused on my creative pursuits. Um, Yeah. I didn't really like the dating that I was doing. I think after I'm done doing this business push, I would like to do like find some sort of better dating solution. Um, and like, I'm really, I don't know. I'm, I feel really happy in this moment, like, you know, taking care of myself really well. And, um, you know, I'm starting to, uh, to connect with people in person, like go for walks, like, like at a, at a park or things like that. Um, so that feels really good. That feels like definitely like more possibility heading that way. Uh, yeah, but I'll keep you posted. Um, I will say that I am connecting a lot with like very like open-minded, very sexy people. And that, um, that does really, that does really turn me on. Um, I'm doing a storytelling event coming up soon. It's a private uh, retreat, but um, I'm telling a naughty, sexy story online uh, to a group of people. So maybe I'll meet some friends uh, at that place. So I'm curious um, how, like in your life, how long ago would you have looked at where you are now as far as like being sex positive open-minded about sex um how long ago like a year ago two years ago three years ago would you have looked at where you are now and been like in judging who you are now and judging me mm-hmm. well I mean gosh like in my openness I mean I would have been like a kid I guess um well let me think about that for a second you know what actually I would have been a kid because like when I think about high school Like I was totally, even though I was not sexually active in high school, 
I was friends with a lot of um, people who were, and I did not judge them for their, like I was, you know, I was happy to be around them. I didn't, I didn't have to do the same thing myself, but um, yeah. So I didn't like, I don't know. Okay. So you've been pretty open, like most of your life then. I mean, I'm open to like whatever other people are doing for most of my life. Like that's definitely a thing. Um, but first like sexuality speaking for me, it was more, it was more like awareness. Cause I also, I like came from a small town in Iowa. Um, so it was like more like becoming more aware as I got older around sexuality, but I've definitely always been like people positive. Right. And then people's like sex sexuality and stuff kind of just falls under that. Mm-hmm. I was super judgy. Mm-hmm like very 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 closed off like just so much of myself that I repressed and then judged others Mm, yeah Um, oh yeah but I love what you're doing and so um just so you know like guys in the man on fire program are loving your card deck like they're doing the digital download that you offer for free and they're doing it with their friends. They're, they're doing playing the cards with their, their partners, the girls they're dating, their wives, all that stuff. So yeah, they, they bring it up quite a bit in the group chat. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. That's, oh my gosh, the idea of, yeah, those, those decks being a contribution to people um, and sharing them. This, oh, my heart is Twitter-pated. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm like in love with my work. That's awesome. And that's how it should be, right? I think so. I mean, yeah, I think so. At least, you know, feel good uh, with the work that we're doing. Yeah, for sure. So last night in Man on Fire, we were talking about relationships and exploring the uh, interpersonal dynamics that we have. Um, And so I wanted to kind of share more about that today on sex and Sarah Rose, because, you know, relationships and sex definitely go hand in hand. And if you are um, having sex with someone, there's a relationship there happening, even if it is, you know, just a hookup for that moment in time, you are experiencing relationship with another person. So maybe it's not what we traditionally think of as a relationship, you know, something that's more long-term more um, solidified in nature, but for that moment in time, it is relationship. Uh, so, uh, you know, we have relationships with friends, with family members, with children. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a important thing for us to take a look at. So um, one thing that I love studying um I've done, I've read a lot of uh, the information that's been put out by Dr. Helen Fisher. She's a scientist that has dedicated her life to the study of love, the science of love. Uh, She's done brain scans on people in love and uh, has really been able to identify and break down what happens when we are in love. And um, it's really fascinating. And she's, one of the things that she talks about is, um, you know, she gets asked quite regularly, like, you know, you, you have basically taken this magical idea that we have of love. Like, you know, we really idealize love. We, we talk about it in, in terms of romance and passion and, um, you know, just those, those magical ways of thinking about it. And, she gets asked like, okay, you, you've taken this, this thing that humans love to like really put up on a pedestal and you've just broken it down into very scientific terms. Like, isn't that kind of like depressing (laughs) to think about it like that? And she, her response is, 
um, you know, paraphrase all this, but it's something to the effect of, you know, when you're baking a chocolate cake, you know what all the ingredients are. You know what the exact recipe for it is. Um, it's very methodical. It's very precise. And yet when you take the first bite of that amazing chocolate cake, it's pure magic on your tongue, you know? And so like you, you can have both. You can be really educated about love and sex and relationships and like be, use that education, that awareness that you have to, um, to really empower yourself to have the optimal sex, the optimal relationship, the optimal experience of love. Um, and still experience the magic that's in it that that we really want. You know, like why why do we always why do we have this quest to find the the next person? You know, because we want to experience that as much as we love ourselves, as much as we love our business, as much as we love our children or our parents or our friends. That romantic love is something that just it has its own quality about it. And we, we crave that, like, it's something we just really love to have. Um, so it's, uh, why, why not do it in the best possible way? If we, if we, if it was something that we want, why not like give ourselves the tools to, to do it really well? Oh yeah. And by the way, thank you for doing that for so many people. <laughs> um, I mean, wait, I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to do the thing and like, why not do it? Well, why not investigate it and have it be, it's such a, an integral part of our lives. Yeah, it really is. So most relationships that go on are what would be called projectional relationships. And this is when, um, so a lot of psychology has shown that when we're falling madly, truly, deeply passionate in love with someone, um, oftentimes the, the sensations that we have that feels like we're on drugs, that we're like super obsessed, you're like feeling so high that you can't sleep. You know, oftentimes people think that they're in love, um, but they're actually um, they think they're in love with the other person, but there's actually something else that they are in love with. Um, and often what people mistake for love is falling in love with a lost piece of themselves that they have found in another person. And we have these lost pieces of ourselves, these, these pieces of ourselves that, um, we've shoved down because at some point in our life, we realize that we would not be at love. We wouldn't be accepted. We wouldn't belong if we exhibited these parts of ourselves. Um, we were, you know, for whatever reason, like we knew very clearly that in order to be safe, in order to be loved, in order to belong with our, our tribe, whoever that tribe was at that time, we could not have this part of ourself visible. So it doesn't go anywhere, but it's shoved down so deep into the unconscious or the subconscious that we don't even know that it's there anymore. And that's really painful. And we feel, um, we feel a lot of disconnect inside because of that. We feel a lot of, um, you know, searching and unrest. We just don't feel at peace inside. And, so when we meet somebody that exhibits those qualities, um, or, um, you know, there's something about them that feel that shows us that that lost part of ourself, we can cling to it like really obsessively, you know, and we think that we're in love with them. It feels like this person completes me. Um, and like, they, they, in some ways they actually are completing you because they're like bringing to you that again, this part of yourself that, um, that you're disconnected from, but it's not actually 
them, it's this piece of you that they're, they're showing you. And so what you can do in a situation like this is like really learn from it and see, see clearly, okay, what, what is it about this person that makes me feel complete and use that to, to see inside of yourself what you're wanting to reclaim. So you can use it to heal yourself internally. Um, then there's also like, you know, and, and often this, this comes, comes up, you know, people will say like, this is my twin flame or this is my, my soulmate, you know, it's that extremely passionate, powerful feeling that you can get. And it, doesn't mean that you're not falling in love, but it usually just means that you're falling in love with a piece of yourself. And so Mm. that person can be like a partner in your life. um, But oftentimes they're really just going to be there as a teacher to, to show you this part of yourself so that you can become whole again. Um, and then, you know, because if you don't do that, then when a breakup happens, then you're going to feel completely devastated and just completely destroyed because you've again lost this part of yourself. Yeah, I'm like hearing you talk about it. I'm like, oh, I can think of those. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Anybody else? Right? <laughs> yeah right it's like okay how many times have I done that <laughs> like oh this one again excellent okay <laughs> we try something different next time yes <laughs> yeah so then another way that um people often uh fall in love or something that they mistake for love is falling in love with people who resemble their parents in order to heal childhood wounds. Uh, Mm -hmm. So there's a book called Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks, and he covers this extensively. Um, So if anyone's interested in going into that more, check that book out. Um, So this is something like when, when you like you meet somebody and it feels like I've known you forever. I feel like I finally came home. You feel like home to me. Like those type of relationships, people that you felt that with typically are people that resemble your parents and it will be, you know, typically wonderful at first because you'll only see the positive qualities of your parents um, in that person. But then over time, you know, after six months or so, you'll start to see um, the other side of it as well. So your parents definitely had positive and negative um, attributes that impacted you as a child. And the negative ones will show up again. And unless you're able to use this uh, relationship again as a teacher, um, as something that's healing for you, then you're going to um, just continue to wound yourself over and over again in the same way, uh, the same wounding that you had as children. So it's really important to to do the internal work, to look at yourself in a real authentic way, like just get real with yourself and, and be honest about, you know, what's going on because often we will project onto the other person whenever there's, you know, conflict that comes up and we'll blame the other person instead of taking some sort of responsibility to look at your own life and see why you are drawing this person in and what is there for you to heal. And I want to be absolutely clear, I'm not in any way suggesting that it's okay for people to be abusive, to, to harm someone. And if you're in a relationship like that, you should definitely get out of it. Um, but also along with that, look at yourself and rather than just blaming the other person, 
see what you can learn from the situation. So remove yourself from a harmful situation and also see what is there for you to learn. Yeah. You know, I can relate to this also, like as, as far as like abusive relationships, like I've been in, I have been in lightly abusive relationships and it taught me a lot about myself and I had to get out fast uh, to you know, I think that's what's actually contributed so much to my learning and like doing all these like programs and things that I do in my work is because I've had such powerful lessons through relationships uh, that really helped me heal my, heal my heart, you know? Mm -hmm. And how did you get to the point of realizing that they could be teachers? Um, I think that I, I, I have cultivated in myself a mindset of positive growth, like intentional positive growth. So I think that that is one piece. Um, but for me, it's like, when I look at a person who, when I look at something that's happening in my life, I really, I really want to take responsibility for it because then I can actually do something about it. So I can get clear on like things I can do things about and things I can't do things about. But even when I can't do something about it, I can control my response to it. So like in a relationship, like if I ask somebody to treat me more kindly, like the one I'm thinking about, that was like, it was like a a very manipulative person who lied. And, um, and so, you know, basically like my learning in that experience is like, oh, this hurts. Like this sucks. This is not good for me. Uh, and then getting myself out of that situation and then just taking time to really self-reflect on, you know, what, you know, when I attracted that person into my life, like literally like what, like what had happened, like right before that, like what was my frame of mind? Like I just kind of looked to the process with the lens of, you know, you know, how can, how can I not recreate this? It's so painful. I don't want to have this happen again. I know, I noticed that that's, it's like, I know I'm dealing with a deeper wound mm-hmm. when I'm just like, I'm so like, emotional, um, that I am like, this will like, am I like angry and frustrated and all the things all at once. And I'm like, it's never going to happen again. Like if I am like that, it's like, okay, there's something for me to work with here. Um, and gain something really powerful. Cause all that negative energy, like that up and down and all that craziness, like when it's crazy like that, there's so much juice in it to be applied into life. Like, so now I'm actually like, you know, kind of excited when things like that happen, I get charged (laughs) up. Like something good is coming. (laughs) Yes. There is so much juice in that and the messiness of it all. It's (laughs) like when you're aware of it and like not controlled by it, but like allowing yourself to, to still fully experience it. Like it can feel really good because it feels really alive. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I mean, I I can understand why people stay with people who are not a good fit for them. Like, because there is that charge, right? There is that charge and it's, it's fun. And there's so many like good things about it. Like when I think about that relationship is like, you know, there's like, there's a lot of reasons why that there is attraction there, but ultimately like that pain, that pain is like, this is not worth it. Like Mm -hmm. all these good things. It's just not worth it for me anymore. And I'm ready to do something that's more right for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause ultimately it can, it can get exhausting for sure. Oh gosh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's like on so many levels, like if you're thinking about like the person that you're, ha- you're sharing so much energy with, like, like, especially if you're thinking about like, like sexual relationships, romantic relationships, like partnerships, like all of that, that's like, you know, I'm, I know for myself, like, I definitely want to have a really good person who's with me, but I've done a ton of work on self-worth and like healing my trauma from my upbringing, (laughs) uh, which, you know, then I can, then I'm now that I've moved through that stuff. Now I am able to move into a, a, you know, more relational, um, healthy kind of relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that um, often comes up in relationship is like finding this person that completes me, that makes everything okay. 
um, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because there's like single people out there that are thinking like, okay, if only I could, um, find the dream person, uh, the person that I want, then everything is going to be okay. And then you've got like married people out there who are like, um, if I could just get out of this relationship, then everything would be better. (laughs) So there's like this assumption, this false assumption that, loving that love is about finding someone who will complete you is going to make everything okay. Mm-hmm. And that causes a lot of suffering because, you know, true relationship, like if you're really conscious about it, you can restore your original essence and you can create with another person, um, something like a relationship that's really beautiful and powerful, but it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of consciousness. It takes a lot of just like really being willing to, to go there. Um, and you know, often people don't do that. They want to run when, you know, things get, get tough. So, um, yeah, there's, that's another thing that happens as well. And then looking for someone who validates us, like that's another sign of, um, it not being like a real true grounded love. But if there's somebody that you see that, um, that, like is the, that has the persona, has the identity of something that you have always wanted to be yourself. And that person, if they show interest in you, if they give love to you, then it can validate you that, oh, I, I actually, I am that, you know, like I, oh, this, this person's a celebrity and I always wanted to be a celebrity and they are attracted to me. So I must be worthy. I must be of that status, you know? And mm-hmm. so it can, you can see that in, you know, guys that'll only date models or, you know, wh- whatever. We don't have that so much in, in Austin, but somewhere like New York or LA uh, would have a lot of that. Um, and so, but that's like, that can be um, another core wound to look at, you know, you're mistaking love for someone that makes you feel the way that you really want to feel deep inside. Um, so like these, these core wounds that we have really impact us, um, in why we choose to be in relationship with somebody. And again, if it's, if you're not conscious of it, it can be very destructive instead of a, you know, uplifting, um, thing, part of your life. And that's why we see so many, really, really damaged relationships because people are really unconscious about why they're there and what they're trying to get. And they're not actually getting what they thought they were getting, what they're originally attracted to. Yeah. It sounds like the, I mean, the first thing is like being self-aware. And then the next thing that I think of is like, wow, like having these conversations, like with the people you're in relationship with, like, that's like a whole other, a whole other step. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, if you can see relationships as um, a way to learn more about yourself, to um, heal, to reclaim parts of yourself, and then like from that place, you can have really amazing relationships. Um, I will say that the more of this work that you do, um, the more challenging it can find be to find others that have also, you know, done this work and aren't trying to project onto you and all that. <laughs> so kind of the, the mating pool tends to get a little more slim. Um, but yeah. it's <laughs> but it's definitely worth it, you know, it's so worth it to feel really good inside of yourself. And it's like the having the relationship is the cherry on top, you know, it's like the, the cake is already really damn good. And, you know, then you get to add in the, the sparkle on top, which is like the relationship, you know, it's kind of like the magic sprinkles and Mm -hmm. it's fun and it's amazing, but it's not needed. You don't have to have it in order to feel complete. 
I love that. I also just want to say I love all of your shout outs and food metaphors today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like really hungry over here now. I'm like, mmm. Sprinkles. <laughs> cherry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? <laughs> Uh, I might, so I might do tonight these um, sweet potatoes with a tahini sauce on them that looks really different and interesting and yummy. Um, I'm a vegetarian, so like my meals are usually pretty simple, you know, whereas they're like, you know, something focused around a vegetable. Um, and I haven't done sweet potatoes in a while. So I ran across this, this one. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this out. <laughs> Yum. I love sweet potatoes. So, um, send me a food picture, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start posting food porn on my Instagram. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm I'm in support. I'm in support. <laughs> They'll be like, "What the fuck happened to Sarah Rose?" <laughs> it's all these food pics all of a sudden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god! I'm sorry. No, I actually have um, four guys right now that I'm talking to um, that all seem very promising but you know it's like I was really ready to get out there again and then the fucking virus spiked you know and I'm just like I don't I really do not want to be down and out with some virus for like you know however long three four weeks and just feeling like shit I've got a lot to do (laughs) it's not recommended you know uh there's a lot to be done. Well, what do you, I mean, have you been doing like any like Zoom meetings or like video calls or things like that to kind of? Yeah. I mean, I've got like, I definitely have um, kind of my, my fuck buddies that <laughs> are around the world. <laughs> that we, we, we have that kind of fun with. Um, yeah. But I really want to cock down my throat. So. <laughs> yeah. I see somebody get this girl some sausage quick. <laughs> oh, vegetarian, of course. <laughs> That's the way I like my meat. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I love how we can be talking about conscious relationships <laughs> and also like sexy porn. So it's, like, it's good. It feels well balanced to me. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, back to the serious topic at hand. (laughs) Right? All right. So how do you actually know if you're in love? Like, should you just um, only be with people that, you know, you don't feel any of that charge around? Um, No, like absolutely. Attraction is super, super important. Like you have to be attracted to the person that you're with. Like if attraction isn't there, it's going to be really hard to, you know, just maintain a relationship, especially for the long term. But with relational love rather than projectional love, um, it can, you can still feel that, that burn, that passion, that fire, but it can feel a lot more grounded and not obsessive. Like when you're feeling those, like I'm obsessed with this person, I have to have this person. Oh my God, this person didn't text me in the last 12 hours. Like I'm going to die. That type of frenzy is a sign of projectional love. But when you can still like want another person, desire another person, like, you know, you, you really feel like you're attracted to them, but you can see them as separate from yourself. They're a separate person with separate thoughts and separate ideas, you know, all of that, then that is a more relational love. And it's not to say that, 
you know, there won't necessarily still be these other aspects of projection that show up because we have so much healing to do. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much wounding, you know, that we have that you can constantly um, go deeper and deeper with. Um, but you can, you can, you have like this, this fundamental, um, part of the relationship that's, that's a lot more grounded. And from there you can do the work together to heal, but also to create, um, a long-term partnership if that's what you're looking to create. This is so good, Sarah Rose. I love thinking about people being really intentional about what it is that they want for themselves, you know, first off, like learning from those shadow pieces, but also being intentional about like, well, what do we want in relationship? Like, who am I in that relationship? And, you know, that, that person, like really honoring that other person for their own opinions, their own perspectives. And then for me, I really love, I really love also including my relationship, like with the relationship as a whole, like when I think about like that person outside of me and I'm related to them, I'm also related in that relationship. Um, so it's like a, an additional perspective, like not just what's best for me and what's best for my partner, but also what's best for our relationship, like what we're committed to together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when, you can, if you're conscious about it, like you can use a projectional relationship, um, to be a relational one. So, you know, if you have two people that are willing to do this work together, then you can absolutely, you know, the relationship that you're in now, you can transform it and change it. Like you don't have to stay in these patterns. So it's not to say that, you know, if there's projection happening, that your relationship is just doomed. That's not the point at all. It's being conscious about what you're, what you're doing, how you're using this relationship. Are you using it for your growth or are you using it for your destruction? I think that's really important also like to be in, if you do want to have that relationship with somebody, I mean, that's where like the communication comes in. That's like a huge amount of healing. We're like talking to them about it. And I think if you talk to a person about it and like what you want to create, you know, if they don't, if that's not where they're at, then it's like, it's better to choose somebody else. It's good to know that, uh, at that time. And then if they do want to move along that path with you, that's amazing. Like how amazing would it be to share like this, this experience with someone, this real love, uh, moving forward and having that, that, that firm foundation of, of communication and growth. Yeah, exactly. And I think we often, um, we get very stuck in patterns and don't let ourselves move out of them. You know, we're somehow afraid that there's never going to be someone else out there. No one else will ever love us, you know, and all of that comes from, from unworthiness. And, you know, when you're in a place of like, Hey, like I'm totally sovereign in myself and like, I love me. I belong with me. I'm safe with me then it makes it a lot easier to say goodbye to end a relationship that's that's damaging that's not for you um because you realize like hey i'm going to be okay on my own i'm going to be much better off on my own and you know if i find somewhere out there and there is like this person that that makes all of this even better then that's awesome and that's amazing but i don't have to have that to survive I think that's really important uh, to remember. I know I've, you know, I sp- I've spent a good amount of time uh, single after like feeling this, like, it was like, I was so hungry. I was so hungry to have something because I thought that that's like what I had to have to like, yeah, complete myself. And it's like, yeah, that, that hunger can drive us to make choices that maybe we would not make. Like if we were really being conscious and aware, you know, we would, I know I did like have relationships that were, you know, I learned from them, but you know, it, it, I think it would be better to start with self-love and start with clarity of what I really want. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think, I mean the, yeah, the hunger, the hunger piece, I think that's like, if we were talking about things to notice, um, 
that was a big indicator for me where I was like, oh, like I have, like I have to have this. And then that was like an active pattern. There was something happening in my life when that was going on. Um, that that's the thing that I really needed to look at. It wasn't that I needed a relationship. Like when I was so driven to that, it's because there was, there was a wound. Uh, there was things happening in my life and I was trying to fill it with something that I thought that I wanted. Um, and I, and I subscribe to all these myths. Like, I love that we're talking about this today, Sarah Rose, because there's so many myths where we just think it's normal to have these kinds of relationships. We see them in the media. It's repeated again and again. There's tons of like quotes and songs and like all these things to support these kinds of relationships that like often it's not, it's not real love. It is, it's, it's a, this fake, it's this myth of like buying into a thing that it's just not real. Right? The fake love versus the real love. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good. I mean, we can laugh about it because I mean, it is kind of funny, but also like, man, I wish, I wish I would have known this at like a really young age. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. How much, uh, how much pain would have been mitigated? Gosh. And like the, yeah, just, uh, I'm so grateful for the work that you do and that others are doing in this, you know, raising, helping us create, create the possibility of relationships that help us heal and relationships where we're like working together, like, like creating things together, like the relationships that we want, that we consciously design exactly in the way that we want to. And with a partner that we're really excited to be walking next to. Yeah. Whatever that looks like for, you know, whoever you are and whatever your life looks like right now. And it can even be different later. Exactly. Like there's definitely not one size fits all, no prescribed right relationship. Um, You know, for some people it is long-term monogamies. For some people it is, you know, hookups and, you know, just dating a lot of people and um, in everything in between and, you know, otherwise. And, but it's just how, how can you go about these things in, in a way that's conscious so you're able to, you know, just get the most out of it. Life is short. Mm. Yeah. Like let's, let's optimize, let's optimize our pleasure, our joy, our play. Yeah. So, um, last week I had to do the cards without you. And I was, um, it was kind of funny because I was like, picking the card, stroking the deck. And I was like, in a way I felt like, you know, the, the kid whose mom is away and like, you know, you just kind of sneak into the cookie drawer (laughs) and I was like, Oh my God, like, you know, this is Aaron's thing. And here I am, um, doing her job. I love the idea of your hand stroking my deck. I have to <laughs> I was like, is she, am I going to get caught? <laughs> naughty. Oh, <laughs> felt very naughty. <laughs> so I'm very glad that you are here today to stroke the deck. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I want you to know that you, Sarah Rose, can stroke my deck. And- <laughs> But if you want it to be naughty, I also welcome you to do that. (laughs) Very nice. And to those of you at home, you can also stroke my deck if you like. (laughs) Find my details in the show notes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to pick a card. Ooh, I feel confident in my relationships when blank. Mm, uh, when I'm not feeling the need to, to cook. (laughs) 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 So I know I'm always referencing sex in the city, but there's, um, the sex in the city when, 
uh, Samantha comes back. Was it? It may have actually been the movie. Yeah, I think she she moved out to LA with Smith, and you know Smith is just like really into um, shooting his his movie and like being an actor and all that. Um, And she's feeling ignored and she's not getting the sex that she needs, and so she compensates with food. And then she shows back up in New York and like she walks in and she's got like this belly (laughs) and the girls are like, what is wrong with you? Like what happened to you? And she just had been, you know, eating because she wasn't getting sex. (laughs) That's, that's what's going on here. (laughs) But, but I don't, I don't feel like it's like a bad thing. I'm not feeling like, you know, there's some like, bad psychological thing happening I'm like just kind of having fun (laughs) yeah well I think it's I mean it is it's it's fun to nourish yourself like food can be so sexy and so like awesome I mean yeah we could we should do it we could do can we do a whole show about food oh for sure sexy food oh my gosh sexy food (laughs) all right you answer okay I feel confident in my relationships when is when I feel uh, like got like a, like understood um, like somebody, like I, f- I feel like a person has heard what my perspective is and that they, yeah, that they really, that they honor that. Um, I guess if I were to make that more succinct, I feel c- confident in my relationships when there are great communication skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely like the the main foundation of it all. Yes, you wouldn't believe I picked another card also. <laughs> okay, and you wouldn't. It's I picked exactly the right cards today. They all say relationship. <laughs> Three of them. <laughs> so for the next one, I would like to um, yes, in a sexual relationship. I'm committed to blank. Uh, in a sexual relationship, I am committed to satisfying my partner and being satisfied myself. Mm. Mm. How about you? <laughs> I mean, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Let me let me give a second. Ooh, in a sexual relationship, I'm committed to exploring my my sexuality and my boundaries. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one too. The exploration is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm feeling that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, okay, one more. Can we do one more? One more. Okay, one more. Okay, when I'm in a relationship, I feel blank. Um. You know, that's a, for me, that one's a little bit tricky. Um, and it depends on the dynamic of the relationship. Um, I tend to really enjoy single life. Um, I don't have a huge desire for uh, to be in a typical relationship that you would, you know, typically consider to be a relationship. Um, I'm open to that possibility. Um, I'm open to, you know, being with somebody where um, that feels better to me than uh, being single and doing the things that I typically enjoy doing as a single person. but most of the time I don't really enjoy being in relationship um, because it feels limiting to me rather than expansive. Uh, so for me, it's really important if I'm going to be in relationship that it does feel um, more expansive, more freeing uh, than what I currently enjoy in life. Yeah. Um, so my, uh, yeah, like I, I'm excited to, and, and I have had that type of relationship, um, 
but it's it's not common to 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 have that you know there's uh, at least for me um in the 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 way that i feel uh, mm. in relationship um so yeah i often feel like relationship limits me rather than like helps me be bigger and that's what i want like if i'm in a relationship i want it to be because like i feel I feel bigger. I feel more powerful, more expansive, more excited about life um, rather than feeling that I'm kind of shrinking and shutting down. I resonate with you so much. (laughs) Wow. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So uh, I know, I, yeah, I, I would say it's very similar for me. Like when I am in a relationship, like a lot of times I'll feel like trapped by it. Like after kind of like a rush wears off, like when I think about more unhealthy relationships I've had in the past. And, but I will say, you know, thinking about what we were talking about earlier, how there's a lot of different kinds of relationships. Since I've been very conscious about cultivating multiple kinds of relationships, not just one romantic partner, but, you know, having a very solid friend group and a living situation. I have like roommates um, who I love dearly and they're like really amazing roommates. This is not like the way that I used to be. Uh, It's like really, yeah, it feels really, really good. And so now, yeah, now I feel like I could, that, that, that it is possible to have that, that like more committed, like, like that I've, I've been but at this time in my life, like I could be more open to that kind of relationship coming into my life. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Provided it's expansive. Like you said, it needs to be fun and supportive of all the things that I do and great communication, you know, cause I don't want to have that trapped feeling. Otherwise I'm just going to be with myself. Cause I <laughs> Exactly. And I definitely see that there is a trend of more people desiring that. And so um, as more people do personal development work um, and really, you know, do the work internally to be whole themselves, um, there'll be more people out there available to having that type of relationship. And that's what I'm excited about. That's why I created the Man on Fire program. I was like, we need more guys like this out there that are like wanting to do this kind of work, to be in this kind of relationship, to have this kind of sex. Uh, because that's that's what's exciting. Like that's what is so can be so juicy about life. I'm just yeah, I love that you're that you're doing this work. Like that is, <laughs> you know, you and me both. It's like doing this. Why you know why work on sex positivity? Why work on this kind of stuff? And it's like wow, the world. Like if we're more turned on and playful and curious and like use these kinds of personal growth things, it actually results in lives that are more fulfilled, like more confident and more pleasurable. So like. Come on, everybody. It's really good over here. Come on. <laughs> I know it sucks when you're like working through the stuff. I know, but it really, it, it does feel amazing. It's like a whole level that I could not have imagined when I was a kid or a teenager. And that is Sex and Zeros. Hey, it's Sarah again. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out the links in the show notes for everything we discussed in this episode. And you can also find out about how you can work with me. Until next time, lovers.